Welcome, everybody, to Talking the Word. I am Pastor Josh. And I'm Pastor Matt Skiles. And today we have actually a very good question, and it is? The question is today on this podcast, how does a Christian remain godly in an ungodly world? I think it's a really good question, and I think it's a good topic to talk about, especially with the events and the yep. uh, all the things that are taking place in our world and in our culture. And I just uh, was talking prior to our podcast uh, this morning that on social media just today on Twitter, I was uh, scanning the tweets and looking at Twitter, and uh, there's a picture of Vice President Mike Pence uh, and his um, uh, and his uh, team of doctors and uh, scientists and specialists that are helping to combat the coronavirus emergency. And some guy on Twitter named Thomas Chatterton William, uh, what is his name? Thomas Chatterton Williams uh, make, is making fun is making fun of the fact that Vice President Pence and his group of doctors and specialists all gathered and just wow. went to prayer, just just prayed for a solution, was praying for uh, God's direction and guidance to help combat and counteract this coronavirus scare that's obviously threatening not just uh, one part of the population, but the whole planet, the whole earth. I mean, the whole world's population is affected from Africa to Asia to Europe. And you think about that, Pastor Josh, this guy, I don't want to read it just so everybody can hear. Sounds good. He says, Mike Pence and his coronavirus emergency team praying for a solution. We are so screwed. That's what he said. And I don't know who this Thomas Chatterton Williams is, but but <laughs> I, I question sometimes, um, you know, how somebody could say that. he He's making fun of the vice president, speaking out against the vice president because of the fact that uh, they're they're actually seeking God in prayer for a solution. Um, I thought in crisis situations and in difficult situations, mm-hmm. you go to prayer. Yeah, and you do. I remember after nine eleven when those towers came down. Um, I remember everybody everybody got to church. Everybody was a Christian the day after nine eleven on September twelfth, September thirteenth. Everybody was wanting to pray and call out to the Lord. And now here we are in a health crisis that's going to affect thousands of people. I hope and pray it doesn't become a pandemic. Um, and, and we're being made fun of. That's just a, a microcosm, Josh, of what Christians deal with every day in their lives. Some worse than others in, in, in other parts of the world. And you know this. In, in, in other parts of the world, if you're a missionary and you're in a hostile country, let's say that you're trying to spread the gospel and you're in a predominantly Muslim country or you're in a predominantly, uh, uh, you know, uh, yeah. uh, you know, you're, you're in a you're in a predominantly anti-Christian type of, of culture. Um, you're going to face that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know of, I've heard of, of missionaries and Christians that have been killed, that have been martyred, persecuted. Uh, you look at the underground church in China. You look at the people that are that are in certain parts of the Middle East, that are in certain parts of Africa, where you have these countries that are dominated by uh, uh, by the Muslim faith or by communism. Uh, I think of our missionaries in India that have to battle against the the the, the, the religious uh, leaders in the Hindu religion. Yep. It's everywhere. But in America, 
there's this godless, almost, almost, uh, what I would call it, an anti-Christian um, attitude and mindset. You have people that, as soon as you uh, come out and say you're a Christian, you're branded a bigot, you're branded narrow-minded. Um, because what happens is, is, is that there's a lot of people that live in sin. A lot of people that are engaged in what I would call very wicked and evil behavior, uh, you, you you say, well, that's that's, you know, now you're now you're painting with a broad brush. Well, no, mm -hmm. all you have to do is look at what's going on in the entertainment industry, what's going on in politics, what's going on in uh, um, in 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 Hollywood. I mean, I, I'm not. I'm. I'm not a big fan of Hollywood, yeah. and I certainly don't listen to a lot of the. You know, I listen to a lot of praise and worship music myself. So I try to keep my focus on the Lord and how I can. I can serve the Lord, but I mean, you can turn on television shows, and what do they do? They glorify violence. They glorify yeah. sexuality. They glorify homosexuality. They glorify uh, abortion. Uh, and if you're and if you watch shows and dramas on television. If they're not from one of the pure flicks uh, uh, type of uh, movies, or if they're not uh, one of the more family friendly movies that you see, mm -hmm. um, that you see in uh, um, uh, in in, uh, in 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 certain in certain sectors of, of the entertainment mm -hmm. industry, there's good Christian films and good and good faith based films out there. Yep. But if you see these other movies, what do they do? They uh, they they objectify women. They 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 glorify, uh, you know, all of the all of the gender confusion that's out there now and the homosexuality. And what do they do? They brand Christians in a negative yep. way. And uh, I remember, good grief, I remember uh, uh, thinking back to all the the times that I've watched movies and I've seen where where Christians have been have been you know treated negatively. Then let's get it down to a local level where you have young people teenagers kids on the college campus they're in the most hostile environment because yeah our are. universities our high school campuses our college campuses they are just churning out graduates that are number one anti-american number yep. two anti-christian anti-god and and we'll see a lot of that is because they're one they're not being taught no. they're not being shown they're not being mentored like they should be and see one of the worst things i think that's ever happened and i think the reason why a lot of our violence and crimes gone through the roof and why we have kids today and teenagers today and young adults acting the way they do and being anti-american and hostile toward god is because they took bible out of schools mm -hmm. and then they took it out and said you know because they looked at the 95 percent and said okay 95 percent of all americans want it but then we got three percent that's just like hey we don't really care for this and for some reason they go well we're gonna go with the three percent because mm -hmm. they got in this whole deal of well we don't want to offend anyone no. and what they end up offending was 90 95 percent yeah. of all the nation yeah. of, the, of the nation yeah. and and they and they satisfied three percent and now because that three percent got that done now look at our world today yeah, if, if, if if you if you if, if you have the word of god in schools and you teach the word of god in schools like these to do back in the 40s 50s and 60s and early 70s before they removed it what happened? You notice crime and violence for them. You notice they had a regard for people. They had a regard for the elders. You notice how how they didn't just 
walk down the street and take their trash and go chuck it on the side of the road. True. They they put it in a trash can. Mm-hmm. You know, they open door for someone. They when they saw someone who was True. struggling, they helped them. They they weren't lashing out at you because you believe differently, you know, even though you may, you know, they didn't come at you because of who you're voting for in the last election. They, Mm -hmm. they would look at you and say, you know, yes, you may have voted for someone who I didn't care for, but that's okay. That's your difference. We're still going to get along. It's still going to be best buds. You know, crime was down. You weren't, you weren't having, having a lot of these people going, you know, what I call hate crimes towards police officers saying I hate yes. police, you know, yes. and they're all violent. You didn't have any of that because they re- yeah. they had a regard for authority and That's respect. True. And since they tossed all that out, what has happened is they've come to this point in life where they mm-hmm. have basically disregard respect for everything and That's disregard true. respect for God because yeah. they had, because the minute you took God out of the yes. picture is when all heck breaks. And see, right. this is the thing is people think that, well, if we just remove God, it's going to solve all the issues. And it's like, are you people pathetically stupid? No. Well, the thing is, is that you can, you can trace where, where prayer was taken out of school. Yep. And that was where it started. That's where it all started. Prayer was taken out of school in the sixties. And since that time up to the current day, Pastor Josh, you can yep. see where what's, what's been the fallout of that. You've seen, you've seen all of the, uh, you've seen the rise of drug use. You've yep. seen the advent and the acceptance of abortion. Mm-hmm. Now to the point now where political candidates on one party in the in this year's election are, for lack of a better word, saying that an infant born alive can still be aborted. That's infanticide. That's murder. That's yeah. how far we've come, Josh. Yeah. I remember there was a time when um, when that was unheard of. That was considered an ungodly horrific oh, yeah. ghastly practice and now they're glorifying it you have and and you see this in the media where the media is is uh, is you know saying negative things in hollywood uh, and all these things and like you said you take prayer out of school then children don't have the opportunity or don't don't have that now you can see where um where there's where the culture and society starts to trend in a negative way because you take out those foundational, those foundational uh, bedrocks of faith and prayer and study of the Word of God. Just this week, my son was uh, passing out flyers for our upcoming youth launch party, and uh, he went to the he went to the to the principal and said, "I've got these flyers, yeah, and I'm going to pass them out." And they gave him the okay. And I told my son, I said, "Remember, I said if they say anything, you tell them I know the students' bill of rights." And uh, and I've taught my son. I told my daughter the same thing when they when she was in high school. You have a bill of rights and certain rights as a student. Yeah, you can take your Bible into school. You can you can wear a T-shirt that that has a Christian yep. theme on it. They cannot make you not. They can't stop you from that. Nope. But yeah. the fact of the matter is that you have to go to a court of law. You have to go all the way to the Supreme Court, all the way to a court of appeals, and you got to fight this in court. Is really sad. Yeah. And it and sad. and the thing is, Pastor Josh, and we've seen this. You see this with with the with the increase in in uh, in, in sexual activity amongst young people, mm-hmm. teen pregnancy, drug use, and so how do you how do you stay godly in an ungodly world? That's a good question because you know a lot of people have asked me, well, Pastor Matt, I, I work on a job, and I'm I'm at school, I'm on a college campus, I'm out in the world every day. And I'm interacting with the world. I'm, I'm associating and working with people. I have no choice because I don't hire or fire the people that I work with. I, I can't choose 
who I'm going to work with, who I'm, you know, who I'm, you know, I could choose who I'm going to work for at times, but I can't, you know, maybe necessarily pick who's going to be my, my, my coworker. And so what happens, you're around people that, that, that are, are sinful, that are ungodly, that engage oh, in yeah. a lot of things. But more than that, not just in the, not just in the, the, when I say world, I'm talking about not the earth that we live in, but that worldly system. The world is a is a is a system that that Satan has really control over. Yep, um, he does. He's the prince of darkness. Uh, he's the prince of the power of the air. Mm-hmm. Um, and you see a lot of the demonic control that's in our world today. Uh, you can go to certain parts of the of the world, certain parts of the country, and you can see you can see the effects of that. I, this is this is sad for me to say, but I'm going to say it anyway. We'll probably talk about this maybe in another podcast. But when you see the rise of of you know uh, the culture rotting and getting so bad, when you see the rise of something like the pornography industry, that's yeah. that's a forty billion dollar a year industry. Do you realize that the pornography industry, the 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 that industry, whatever it's encompassed in. Uh, Made more money last year. The pornographic industry made mm-hmm. more money last year than the than the NBA, the NFL, Major League Baseball, the NHL, college football, and college basketball. Those six sports entities, it made more money than all those six sports yeah. entities combined. To give everybody an example, of what I'm talking about, the NFL, the NFL makes about $10 billion a year yeah, they do. In, in income. Major League Baseball is about a six billion dollar a year industry. The NBA makes about eight billion dollars a year in uh, uh, in revenue and income. The NHL makes about two billion dollars, three billion dollars a year in in net revenue. Then college football, college basketball, their revenue revenue generating sports in the college and the collegiate athletics. You put all their revenues together, Pastor Josh, it still doesn't equal what no, no. what what their what what these what these pornographic and, and 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 adult entertainment entities are making and and when you see that and when you see and hear statistics like 70 percent of men in the united states have have looked at that stuff and this is what's really sad about two-thirds of all christian men have engaged at some point mm-hmm. in their life in that and sexual addiction is on the rise and you see that and then you see the violence you talk about Yep. You see that. Well, it's 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 it doesn't make a genius to figure out that we're living in an ungodly world. And the scripture that 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 came to my mind that I was thinking about, and John tells us this in 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 one John chapter two, verses 15 to 17. This is what he says. He says, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, listen to this: the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes. And the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away, and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. So we see the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, the lust of the flesh. Well, what 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 is the lust of the eyes? Well, well, that's covetousness. People say, you know what? I got to have a better car. Got to have a bigger home. I got to have more. I got to have more of this. I got to have more of that. Yep. You see people that that engage in 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 that type of lifestyle. And you see people that that are engaged in sexual perversion, that are living a sinful life. Um, 
that are that are taking drugs that are involved in that. I, I see the effects of drugs and alcohol and addiction every week of my life because I, I work as an addiction mentor and counselor and teacher with guys. And I've seen the effects that that's had on guys. Mm-hmm. I've seen the effects of this world. Jesus told us in the scriptures that we were to be we were to be wise as a serpent, yep. gentle and harmless as a dove. We're in this world. That doesn't mean we have to be of the world. Yep. If nowadays, if you're just a normal Christian man that treats people respectfully, that prays over your meal at work, that goes to church every Sunday, that that is faithful to God, faithful to your spouse if you're married, loves your children, uh, you know, works 40 hours a week and shows up on time and does a good job, is dependable, is respectful. Uh, you know, is 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 a is a godly person. You stand out like a sore thumb because everybody else out there is so different. Yep. And it's like, you know, I remember whenever I I worked a job uh, seventeen years ago. I worked a job driving truck because I was a bivocational pastor at a small church in Michigan that I pastored. I had been there. Um, I was there four years, and three of those four years, I got a job. So I could take care of my wife. My children were very, very little at the time. And uh, and I did not want my wife to go out and get a job and feel like she had to do that. So I, I was getting a salary from the church and then I worked a full-time job and I provided for our family and we lived fine on that money that I made. So my wife could stay home and could, could uh, be involved in our children's lives, could raise our two children. Uh, my son was just a baby, was just a baby. And my oh, daughter wow. was, you know, not even was just about to go into to kindergarten. And that was wonderful time because my kids grew up with either their mom or I at home with them all the time. And so I when I started driving a truck and I had to wear a work uniform and a baseball cap, I would go to work. Most of those guys didn't even know who I was. The first week I was there. The second week I was there, I think it was, one of the guys said, uh, uh, how come you don't cuss? How come you don't drink? Oh, wow. How come you don't make those kind of remarks? And I said, well, I'm a Christian. Hmm. I said, but also, too, guys, I said, not to fly under false colors. I said, I'm also a pastor. And all those guys turned about as white as my as my wall. Okay, (laughs) they just were like, oh, no. And it was strange because from that point on, Josh, there wasn't a time where those guys didn't try to didn't try to goad me, didn't try to didn't try to test me. And there came a point when I worked there on my job where a contractor, a member from Westridge Homes, called my boss and said, we had a guy out here. And he was cussing and swearing at us and was being belligerent. And we don't appreciate that. And I don't ever want to see that guy on my work site again. And wow. um, and my boss said, uh, who was it? He said, oh, well, your one of your drivers. And uh, my boss said, uh, this guy didn't have dark hair and have a goatee. <laughs> and he didn't wear a St. Louis Rams football head. Yeah, that was the guy. That was the guy. Yeah, it was him. And my boss said who wasn't a Christian man either, by the way, <laughs> told this guy, you're lying. And I know you're lying. And he said, how are you saying I'm lying, sir? And my boss said, because the man you just accused of swearing and cursing and being belligerent, that's Matt Skiles. And he's a pastor 
and he's a Christian. And he's been at this company two years, and we have never one time ever heard him say a harsh word to anybody. And now you're making that statement? He said, I think you either got your facts wrong or you're lying. But I don't believe a single word you said, and I'm not going to talk to him about it because we got nothing to talk about. He hung up the phone. Wow. My boss called me into his office right after that and said, I need to talk to you about something. And he said, this is what happened. And he tell, he shared with me just what I shared with you. And he said, did that happen? I said, I said, no, it didn't, chief. I said, I give you my word. He said, that's all. Thank you. You can go ahead and go. And I later came back and I said, why did you, why did you run me out of your office so quick like that? And he said to me, and I'll never forget this. He said, because Maddie said, I've never heard you say a harsh word to anybody. He said, and everybody here knows you. He said, you're a little different. Yeah. Said, in fact, you're really different. He said, but he said, but you're a good man and you're a good guy. And he said, and I'm not going to let anybody speak bad of you. Now, I don't know if any of those guys, those six guys I work with in that warehouse, in that distribution center ever got saved. Hmm. But I can tell you that there came a point whenever they needed prayer, they'd come to me. Whenever they were going through a tough time, they'd counsel with me. But the thing I learned was that as a Christian, it's tough. It is tough. It's tough. You're working in this world. You're living in this world. You know, my daughter, my son, young people, college-age kids, adults. I mean, you stand out now, and you're made fun of. You're ostracized. You're ridiculed. You're marginalized. Uh, you know, you take somebody like Vice President Pence. He is a godly man of faith. He is. And he was our former governor man. here in Indiana. And he's a good man. And yet he gets ridiculed for his faith. He does all the time. I've, I've seen people on television. Um, I've seen people in the media. I've seen people on talk radio. I've seen people on on in the blogosphere, in social media, everywhere. They've all made fun of him. Yep. But, you know, I think the thing is, Pastor Josh, we're in, we're in an ungodly world. We are. But the Bible says that in Romans chapter 12 and verse number one, I beseech you, therefore, Brothers, by the mercy of God, that you present your body a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. In verse two is the key. Be not conformed to this world, yeah. but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is a good and acceptable and perfect will of God. When you're conformed to this world, that means you fit into their mold. Yep, that is true. And you fit into their ideology and you fit into their ideas. I got saved and came to the Lord and became a Christian 30 years ago on a college campus, on oh, a college wow. campus. And it was a whole lot different back then. 30 years ago when I was in college, mm -hmm. you, you, you didn't have, you didn't have the, the, the anti-Christian mindset, the vitriolic words that people said and the harsh words. I mean, nowadays, if you walk around with a, a Christian necklace on on a college campus or you walk around with a, with a, a, a faith-based Christian-themed T-shirt, you're probably going to get ridiculed by people. Yeah, you will be. You know, and and the thing is, is that when I, I, I was very bold in my faith, because I'm very bold about it anyway, but, but I didn't care. I was going to stand out. And I remember friends of mine said, what happened to you? You're so different. Well, I realized that, that just because I thought maybe I was strange, I, I would ask people, am I, am I acting strange? Am I acting weird? Am I acting, you know, in a way that is 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 affecting people negatively? Yeah. And my pastor at the time told me, Matt, you're living for the Lord and the faith in Christ that you have, the faith that you express, the life that you live, it doesn't bear witness with other people. 
It yeah. rubs people the wrong way. And it's not the fact that we're better than anybody else because Christians are not better. Christians are not perfect. They're just forgiven. But when you choose to live for Christ, Pastor Josh, what it does is your life, the light that you shine, the light that I shine, it exposes the sinful condition of other people. And people realize that, you know what? Uh, I'm not living right. I think back to, to, to King Saul in the Old Testament, whenever he was pursuing David, he was envious and jealous of David, and he was trying to kill David. And David, of course, one time at night snuck into his camp and, and cut off the corner of, of his of his of his garment. Mm -hmm. And um, later, when Saul was pursuing him, David cried out to him and said, "Look what I've done! I could have killed you, but I didn't." And Saul said something I'll never forget. He said, "David, you are more righteous than I." And what Paul or what Saul was saying to David there, and it's very very uh, sad. He was saying, "David, you're righteous, and yeah. I'm not." And by living the life that we live, Pastor Josh, we don't say it, we don't pronounce it, yeah. we just demonstrate and illustrate that we're living righteously and that person isn't. But the same gospel and the same Christ that saved us can save them. That's yeah. why the world's so resistant to it. Oh, yeah. And, and that's why. And see, I think, I think one of the reasons why the world's so resistant to it and why they're so down on it is part of it has to do because as Christians and believers in the faith and people who are truly born again by Jesus, yes, I think we have forgotten. Mm -hmm. well, not only have we forgotten about what Christ has done, but we got to a point where we got to a point in our in our, in our fight where we're like, yes, we love Jesus, we, we've been born again, but we've not been truly transformed because because it's not like it used to be like like what it used to be was. Mm -hmm. Where people were, you know, you knew who went to church, you knew yeah. who was a Christian, you knew who believed in God, you knew who didn't. Sure. You, it was defined. You could tell. Yes. And the people that believed in God mm -hmm. and stood for God's values and the principles of the Bible, you saw that because they stood up for, for what was right and moral in That's God's right. eyes. And today, you don't have that because you have too many Christians that sit and say, I love Jesus, but you know what? I'm going to keep my mouth shut because... Because I'm afraid of what everyone else is going to think and say. And, you know, Jesus tells us that with him, we are going to suffer and persecute in his name. Yes. And that no matter what we do, we are going to have that trials and suffering. Right. But we have to understand that no matter what we do, we're not doing it for ourselves, doing it for the glory of God. And if you and this is like I go back and I know I say this all the time. And that is if you want to change the world, you got to change your heart. And God start right there. And yes. you and you want the, these teenagers and kids to stop acting where they are. And 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 for people to to have more regard for Christians and God, then you got to stand bold in your faith, and you got to sit there and say, "Hey, I love Jesus so much that yes. if you want to make fun of me, and like President Pence, he loves Jesus so much that even though he's being blasted everywhere, doesn't he doesn't care. He goes, that's fine because he goes, he knows where his inheritance is. That's not in this world, right. but it's in God. He knows that this, the people right. here doesn't define him, for he's defining God, and that's, that's right. what we should be. We should be defining God and who yep. God is because we should know that, Amen. you know. Are we're not 
of this world. We're not people who, you know, yeah. pa- like, like to be honest, like I don't define you. You don't define me. No. God defines us because right. we're creating God's image. We're created Amen. by God's handiwork and, and our image and who we are is in God. Sure. And so that's how we're to live our lives. And we, we should walk out our doors sure. every day and say, Hey, I'm going to live for Christ. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to be, I'm going to be Jesus in the world. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to share that. I'm going to put off a light that is so strong that when yeah. that, that's the, oh, yes. that's the devil and the demons that are around yeah. me Trimble. That's right. And because because they see who Christ is in my life. Well, you know, Jesus said in John 15 and verse 18, the world, if the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. In verse 19 of John 15, if you were of the world, the world would love its own. Yep. Yet because you're not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. And I really, really think of this verse 20. Is the key. Remember the word that I said to you: a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. Yep. If they and and and, they, and I love that. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. And I really think about that. If they if they hated Jesus and they persecuted Jesus, they're going to do that to us too. We're not yeah. greater than our master, but yet we're in this world. We don't have to conform to this world. We don't have to follow the world's ideology. We can come out from this world. Yep. We can separate ourselves, not in a bunker mentality, but just to live differently and to be bold in our faith. And so to live godly in an ungodly world means you've got to let your yep. light shine. We do. You've got to be, you got to be bold in your faith. And like Romans 1.16 says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Don't be ashamed of the gospel. Don't yeah. be ashamed of your faith. And like you said so very, very clearly, we've got to just let our light shine we to do. the point where we can let God begin to show his light through us. And we can make a difference because all it takes is one person uh, letting their light shine and they can affect a whole, whole lot of people in a lot oh, of different yeah. ways. Because if you let your life shine for Christ Jesus, and let Jesus use you, he, yeah. he can he can do miracles. He can change lives, and yeah, and you know we're called yeah. to make ourselves all nations, and and, yeah. and we're called to live bold in our faith. You know, because Jesus Amen. does point red that, you know, uh, that we that if we deny him before Christ, we'll ask before, if we deny him before men, we'll ask for Father in heaven, and you know we don't need to live a life like that. We need to live a life that you know where we're where we're standing bold for God yes. and we're proclaiming our faith because we don't want to be one of those what I what I call the backseat Christians no. um <laughs> who who you know who hide behind the corner and go I don't want to talk about my faith right. but we need to be one of those Christians that Amen. you know go out and say you know what I don't care what the world's going to say I'm going to live for Christ I'm going to live for Jesus and I'm going to proclaim his name every day and they can persecute me all they want because my reward is in heaven 